Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens. A production of WQPT. PBS for the Quad Cities region. A podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens and this is the Cities Podcast. A grim anniversary as Illinois enters year three of COVID-19. There is so much progress being made since the first COVID case was detected in Chicago on January 24th, 2020. But there have been stumbles, mistakes, successes, and optimism ever since. The public face of the Illinois effort to curb the growth of the pandemic has been the director of the state public health department. And we got to talk to Dr. Ngazi Azike from her offices in Chicago. The latest numbers, Dr. Azike, shows almost a third fewer COVID cases from a week ago, but more deaths than a week ago. What does that say to you as far as those statistics are concerned? Well, the, the good news is that we know that the deaths will come down. We know that the deaths lag after the hospitalization. And so since we are seeing the hospitalized patients, those numbers are coming down the deaths associated with that will come down, but um, the high numbers of deaths that we're seeing are a result of earlier numbers, those high, high numbers that you talked about that we've since come off of. And we've heard repeatedly, of course, that perhaps we shouldn't be looking at case numbers now, but looking at hospitalizations, and that is still a troubling number in hospitals statewide. No, definitely, even with our numbers, you know, finally falling under 5,000. Those are 5,000 patients with COVID that two years ago wouldn't be taking up any of the roughly 30,000 beds that we have in the hospital. So we still need to see those numbers come down significantly to to lessen the burden uh, on our hospital system and our healthcare uh, work staff. So we're happy that the trend is going down. We need it to keep going down uh, and obviously stay down. We're starting a third year. We have seen peaks and valleys and surge after surge. How are you optimistic in this coming year? Well, with every passing day, more and more people are vaccinated. We have over 8 million people vaccinated in the state. Every day, 10, 12,000 new people get their first dose of vaccine. So we are making progress because we know that the vaccines are our best bet for whatever next variant might come our way. And we're also seeing on the horizon right now, only in small quantities, uh, the monoclonal antibodies, some oral therapies. And so when that production increases and the availability of that is more widespread, that's another important piece uh, in our arsenal with which we have to fight uh, the pandemic. Well, and of course, you are going to bring up the vaccinations and, and, and the vaccines when they were first introduced, a huge surge of people wanting to get them. And then another surge basically when mandates were put in place and employers said you have to have them. 
But we've almost plateaued, don't you think, with the number of people getting vaccinations right now? So, so what is the state going to do or what can it do from this point forward? We can continue to share the information that we have, that we know about the effectiveness of the vaccine, what it is successful in doing, and what it is very successful in doing is limiting people's uh, risk of ending up in the hospital. If month over month, when we look at all the thousands of people that have been hospitalized, consistently we see that 90% of those individuals are not vaccinated. So the vaccines are speaking for themselves and we're so grateful for the 10 to 12,000 people who every day make that decision to go get their vaccine. I know we had a, another surge of vaccination in response to you know, concerns around Omicron. Uh, yes, that has since fallen off, but there's still a small bunch and we're gonna continue to educate from our public health pulpits, but as well uh, from our doctor's offices and friends who have seen the benefits of this vaccine and unfortunately who have seen the ravages from those who haven't been vaccinated. Well, and as you well know, I mean, we saw a virtual shutdown of the state uh, almost two years ago. Uh, and that's what we faced from, from, you know, from the northern part of the state all the way to the southern part. And now we've got the mask mandates as well as the push for vaccinations. Do you think there's going to be any easing of some of the mandates statewide? I absolutely think there will be. Again, we needed these mask mandates uh, not just because uh, everyone should be wearing it at the time. Uh, we do know that it decreases transmission, but we, we needed to pull every lever we could because our hospitals were on the edge. They were completely uh, full. We, we, had, we currently still have 2,700 staff uh, provided by the state to hospitals across the state because there were not enough people to take care of all of these patients, COVID and non-COVID. So as we pass the peak of Omicron and those numbers continue to fall and we fell from a peak of 7,400 COVID patients in the hospital to now uh, in the 4,500 range, as that number continues to go down, we will be at a level where we can think about taking off that mask because we can handle uh, in our hospitals, the, the load of patients and that everybody can get the care they need. So we, we know that uh, there may be another time in the future where there might be another surge where the response will be different, but we're looking forward uh, in the near future to being able to relax some of those uh, mitigations. Well, COVID has really proven to be insidious and, and, and not predictable is what the other thing that we have certainly learned. But have we learned anything from these variants? I mean, as we go to Omicron and whatever happens afterwards, is it lessening its ability to attack the human body or is it just as lethal now as it ever was? Well, fortunately, we did see that Omicron uh, it still was virulent. There are still many people who died from the Omicron infection. Of course, those were largely people who had no vaccination uh, protection, but it's just its transmissibility, how effective it was in spreading to so many people at once, just created a lot of illness and found those vac unvaccinated people and unfortunately landed many of them in the hospital. So the point is that we know Whatever the variant, um, we know that the vaccinations are our best protection. And so we want to continue to encourage that. We want people to get their boosters. Uh, and then we want to just follow 
you know, the information that we get from around the world. We can learn a lot from what might be coming as we see what's happening in other countries. And then we can prepare ourselves and take the steps that we need to keep ourselves uh, as protected and safe as possible. Are we at that point right now that we just have to live with COVID? It's always going to be a part of our lives? I have to admit that I, I think we are going to be looking to a future where COVID is a part of our lives. And so instead of feeling like we are constantly in crisis mode with COVID, we need to get to the point where we're just coexisting with COVID. And so we know what works, we know what we need to do. Uh, hopefully our, our scientists and researchers will continue to innovate and come up with more therapies and that we'll continue to maybe even get vaccines that are that are more effective that maybe don't need to be administered as often we're, we're looking to our research and science partners to keep doing that uh, that which they can do to support uh, the end of the pandemic stage but being able to help us live with this and get back to that level of normalcy even with covid constantly in the in the background Dr. Azike, you've seen what this uh, uh, coronavirus has done to the nation, but what has it also done to public health? Um, you guys have a, vo a voice, a pulpit. Um, you, you've spoken out on, on other issues that were medical before this, but the public really, at least a third of the public, looks at what you say and doesn't believe almost a single word that you say. What a strange time we live in. I would, I would definitely agree. And I know that we have to work on that from, from every angle possible because at the end of the day, uh, as was the case before COVID, you know, our sole mission is to protect the health and the safety of the people within our state. And our guidance has always been to do things, enact things that promoted that. And so if people shirk completely away from public health guidance, we're going to have more sickness and, and more disease than we have to deal with. And that's not something that anyone uh, wants for our society. So we need to rebuild uh, the relationship between the community and public health. We need to work uh, to try to get past some of the misinformation and, and try to support and share real facts uh, that will help us be healthy as a community, as a state. And, and that's, a, that's an ongoing challenge that we, were, we are committed to work on because we have to work on that. Well, there's always been a group that were hesitant, let's say, of any type of vaccination. But one would have thought that was a much smaller minority than what we're seeing right now. Do you feel that it is people that are not sure that this vaccine is safe or that they're not sure that it's effective? Or is it that people just don't want to be told what to do? I think it's D, all of the above. Um, you know, we also know that there has been a widespread politicization of, of the vaccines, of the pandemic. And so all of these factors have really complicated uh, how people are viewing them. Uh, we do know that some people are just, have unfortunately been, been fed misinformation. And, but if that is all the information that you've received, you know, you're working on the best information that, that you have. And so we have to teach the public how to uh, assess the sources from which they, you know, they get their, their information. 
uh, I think we should be able to agree that our our physicians, you know, our medical uh, leaders should be able to uh, share what are the best strategies for people to promote their health. We go to them when we're sick. We go to them when we're having, uh, when we're going to bring life into the world. We go to them when when we are dealing with cancer. These are also the people that will tell you that vaccines uh, are the best strategy to move towards uh, our the normalcy that we're all looking for. And so I, I would encourage us who maybe don't want to listen to public health at this moment, you know, listen to your to your doctors uh, who are on the front lines, have seen that this COVID pandemic is real, have seen the 30 plus thousand people that have died in Illinois alone and, and are going to give you the right advice to support you being safe uh, and your and your families as well. Dr. Ngazi Azike, director of the Illinois Department of Public Health. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.